Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 80 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Dragon Age Review Part 2, because in this episode we will be going over um, the with the group, the people that were in the campaign, we'll be going over levels 11 through 20. So yeah, but let me do the intro first, uh, just to let you guys know, this podcast uh, will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m. So go there. Let me know what you think of the show. Uh, or you can go to iTunes. Uh, go there. Go to the Gaming with Grief podcast. Uh, like, subscribe. Give me stars. Let me know what you think. Or you can drop me a line at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to remember to do that. I don't ever remember doing that. So go to Twitter. My handle is just little Joe, all one word, lowercase. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. I'll try to get better about, um, you know, uh, promoting it. Anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoy this talk. Uh, this was recorded uh, a couple weeks ago. We did kind of part one and part two back to back. But I'm sharing it with you guys. It's a pretty long episode. Uh, the wrap-up takes about, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. So you get to really hear us. Martin talks a little bit more. Uh, the mage actually wasn't able to join us, so that's kind of a bummer. But without further ado, here you guys go. So Martin, finally you and a real actual person joined the game uh, after level 10. It was about level 10. And I remember sitting with you making your character. What, like, this may sound bad, but like, why did you decide not to be a rogue, but like, why did you decide to be the stabby, stabby shadow rogue? Is it because you hadn't done it in a while or it sounded cool? Because we were reading the rules and you were like, oh, this sounds cool. But there was other things like you could have been a scout or a duelist or stuff like that. But you went with it. Yeah. Uh, for audio listeners, Martin's giving me the frowny face, which means he doesn't <laughs> understand why anybody would pick the other two things. It's so stupid. So I think for me, um, it had to do with the it had to do with the story. Uh, so whether I'm playing a video game that is along this line, or whether I'm uh, role playing with somebody, uh, for me it has to do with uh, where the story is going to go. Um, even though you know didn't know where the story was going to go clearly, but I had a little bit of the background because I I joined halfway halfway through it, and just a little bit of my backstory. Remember, you know. Um, we split ways um, as we became, you know, of, of age, I guess. I remember when it was like 12 and 14 or something like that. We split ways. So, you know, I had to make it on my own. Uh, and the best way for that was, you know, robbing and stealing and, you know, uh, being in cover and that sort of thing. So I liked that. That's where I wanted to go right. because of how young I left home. Right. And so I figured in order to make a living, you just can't go around, you know, stabbing everybody and you know just so I felt that I could equally defend myself and take someone down as well as get in and out of some place without needing to do exactly that so yeah well the idea was with the idea was with our family that in uh Val Rayo, it's kind of like Game of Thrones like everybody's always playing a game they're trying to get one up on each other their wealth yeah. is important and our parents through whatever reason were merchants but they had been disgraced 
which was very right. vague because I didn't come up with it. So the idea was both of us being uh, kids were just disillusioned with what was we were just disillusioned with um, the whole thing, and we both left home. You turned to a life of crime because you're like, I I want what's mine basically, and this is what I want to learn. Heron like studied things and realized there was kind of something bigger going on, you know. He's a uh, goody little two shoes. Yeah. Yep, he was. He was real goody little two shoes. Uh, white knighting, as they say, but that was like the impetus of your character of like, no. And then the idea that I pitched to you was that the chantry, or not the chantry, but the wardens were paying and they, they were always good. You could pitch them uh, an amount and they'd be like, okay. And you're like, wow, that was, that was way more than I expected to be paid. And they just agreed right. to it. So you just right. kept going back to them because uh, they paid you, you know, and they, they always came through with the amount that you asked. So, yeah, it was financial, but you had lost uh, track of your brother until they met um, at, I think, the Warden Keep, the Fort Westhaup or whatever it's called or whatever. You guys met there for the first time. Um, right. Everybody right. met there. There was a big battle. That's where one of the sieges came. Jesse, I think, was actually gone that week, so I had to play your character. But there, the, the mage and I played, there was a big siege at Selwyn Keep because it's right next to this opening near the deep roads where the darkspawn come in. So it would be a natural place for them to always try to take over. So that was when I, I hadn't done any kind of big battle in a long time. And part of it was me to just try to do a big battle and get you guys fighting, you know. And uh, a lot of dark stuff happened, like Lucius, since he kept going to the fate all the time. I kid you not, every time I'm like, okay... So this is coming up. You got to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, the mages' first thing is like, I go into the fade and ask for help. <laughs> I'm like, do you really want to do that? And he's like, yep. So then really dark stuff happened there. Like his parents came back from the dead, basically. Um, or at least he thought they were his parents. Uh, the fade's a little bit murky on spirits and who they are and what their motivation is. So he was basically yeah, just... With, with the fade, that's the when you go into the fade, the, the more and more you go into it, the more and more the fade gets a hold. Oh, he on he you. rolled. So I would have liked to see a little bit more. Even if he rolled and, and completed, it, I would like to see a little bit more of you know that darkness, the corruption, to slowly, slowly take corruption exactly take over him. Um, it's in clutch positions to where it's just like, well, all of a sudden you just don't have control over something or other, or you just can't stop yourself from doing and. Uh, I would have liked to see he, that. He, he did roll a few times, and there's one thing on the random chart. Like, you randomly roll, so I made him do it to make it fair. And he did... There's one of them where I literally just take your character. It's like the fade takes your soul, basically. Yeah. Um, and he didn't roll that, luckily, because that was the first time he ever rolled that. He's like, well, what happens? And I was like, you roll on this chart, and then it's a random thing. And he rolled like he lost his mana, or like half his mana. And I was like, you know, if you would have rolled a six, I literally just take your character. And he's like, oh. And I think he rolled it twice. The other time his spell just fizzled or something, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's something I thought about a lot. But I think I was a little bit easy on him because I think towards the end, he was, uh, the you know, the player was like, man, I don't, you know, like, I, I think I designed this character poorly. Like, I just picked stuff that sounded cool and I didn't think of, like, where I would use the things. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can you can see that you know uh, 
playing with him, that's one thing that I will say. First of all, playing a mage is really difficult. I think that should be that should be said. That's why I never play a mage. But uh, if if you're playing with him and then you realize like some of his abilities, and you're going, why do you have that? You know, or how is that going to help us with right. with anything? And he kept getting these support type spells, but they really weren't support. You know, and then when he couldn't use any more spells, remember it came to combat, and you're just like, what are you going to do? Honestly, you're going to spit on him because yeah. you can't punch him. I remember with your fragile hand. Yeah, Jesse's I character, Jesse, like, Jesse, you always called him Waggle Fingers because you just got annoyed yeah, that he yeah. would like. He would just waggle his fingers all the time, and Jesse's like, "Man, come on, you know, like, what are you doing over there? Like, I'm, I'm literally holding the weight for everybody, you know." But he would come through in like one or two clutch things, which isn't bad. Like, I don't think uh, Todd had played a lot of RPGs, and so like me, whether they work out or not, I at least try to, uh, you know, come up with a really good back from my character and an end game, at least in the campaign of like these are the things I want out of the campaign, you know. Like, this is what I want overall, but here's the things I want here and now, you know? Like, the concept of a blood mage is very important. And I think, again, uh, we talk about it more in the D&D thing we're doing now, but I think Session Zero is very important to talk about your character and his motivations or their motivations and why they're doing it. And him saying, like, because then I would have had time to question him and say, okay, well, you want to be a blood mage, but, like, they're hunted. You're not supposed to practice that kind of magic. Like, the Chantry's going to come after you, you know, and really talk to him about that and then make that part of the campaign. And then for him really to come up maybe with some more, like, okay, well, yeah, like, I want to learn blood magic, but, like, I really have to think about these spells, you know? Like, I just made a spellcaster in uh, D&D, and I'm literally looking at a head trying to map out his spells because I want him to have a theme to his magic, but also there is an end game to what he's doing, which I don't want to give away because Jesse's playing the campaign, and there's like, you know, story beats for why it's happening. And I think, I mean, I don't think I want to run another campaign unless there's like a session zero where you can actually sit down and say, here's, you know, the DM say, this is what I want to run. This is kind of the idea I have. It'll last so many sessions. And then, you know, here's, you know, I'm not one of those guys that restrict characters, but it's like, does your you know, does your mage really fit this war scenario? It might, or it might not, you know, or whatever. Like, and I think for him, like, even towards the end, he was like, man, you know, I I kind of blew it on a lot of these things. I mean, the, the utility's great, but, like, I just keep going to the same two spells, you know, instead of trying to get really creative and try new things. And I think, right. you know. Although my blast is a super good support spell. It was, because it knocks people prone and gives you... Yeah, and that's the weird thing. That's one rule I might want to change is, like, some of those spells, when you do them, they don't allow you to just go over there and slit someone's throat or whatever, which seems really strange in a siege situation where you knock out eight people. You're like, well, I'm going to go kill those guys. Yeah, he's unconscious on the ground. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm really just, yeah. Homebrewed that. I think that's the difference also. And, Jesse, since you dabbled in the whole DM thing, I think that's where... You can watch these YouTube things. Uh, my nephew watches them, and they sit down and they talk, and then they actually campaign. But as a DM, uh, something that I always liked, and it's very few and far between, is that there's rules to these campaigns, right? When you're reading these books, you know, they're, they're guidelines. They're not rules. Yeah. So just like that, you know, the guidelines state, 
if you knock them out, you can't go and slit your throat. Well, in a real life scenario, that's exactly what you're going to do. So I think that's, I think when you do that, man, just let that creative juices as a DM flow and just listen to the guys that you're playing with. And if if things that they're saying are just ridiculous, then allow them to do it, but realize that, all right, I'm going to allow you to do it, but in your head go, now it's going to have a consequence. Somewhere down the line, you're going to pay for this action type type thing. So, and I think, I think when you create rules like that, I, I think it, it limits the creativity of the people playing because we, when we played, we had uh, four different personalities, uh, five including the, the DM. You know, I mean, imagine taking all four of those different personalities and funneling them into one personality. That's that's boring. Yeah. You know? that's... So, like Jesse's whole thing of I'm gonna kick through this door and grab this guy and ram him into the wall and then through the next wall and then like Todd and I are like they're coming through the front door. I don't think that's a good idea. And Jesse's like rip the chains and you're going ah we're supposed to be quiet. Yeah. Well, I yeah I think that that's true and like I you know like I said it's been a long time since I ran anything so like while I'm doing this. I'm like, man, is this good enough? Is this? That's why I always ask you guys, like, did you guys have a good time? And I know, I mean, yeah. to talk about the D&D thing we're having, like, I didn't feel that people were having a good time. It was good to sit down and talk with everybody and just be honest and say, like, are you guys having a good time? And people said, oh, yeah, I am. But I think, you know, we didn't do a session zero with the D&D thing, so we just started playing. And I got presented with your guys' characters, um, you know, like, before the first session, which is fine, but, like, really to read over them and just talk with everybody and say... You know, is this where you guys want to go? Have you guys thought about this? You know, the gods will be involved in the campaign. I don't know. It's just something where I think now, like, it does, you do deserve to have. I think it's fair to the players and fair to the GM, you know. Like, I talked about in the D&D thing, like, if I'm planning all this and nobody's looking at this information or having a good time, I don't want to keep planning it, you know. And you as players don't want to show up and make it feel like homework every time you show up. Like, oh, man, I got to show up every two weeks and do this thing, you know. Like, you don't want that to be the feeling. You want people. To, I mean, the whole point of the game is to have fun, right? So you, you don't want you want to not have fun. Like you just want to, you know. And at least with, I think with Dragon Age, at least uh, I like the fact that it's a dark fantasy thing, and um, you know, really combat's pretty easy. And I think one of the strengths of Dragon Age, I think, is the rules. I mean, a lot of role playing games with a lot of rules are crazy, but like if you can tell people, like, hey, you just need three six sided dice, and you're good to go. That's all you need for dice. And although there's stunts and things like that, like all that stuff can be explained while you're playing, you know, like D&D, it's like you have feats, you have skills, like all this stuff is just so like, and trips. Yeah. It's like, uh, and then, and then I, and one of the players, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I did my campaign and that's, that's where you take something so complex and you make it, you make it work a little bit better for you. Like when I played with the, the nephews and the kids, um, we, we still use the 20-sider, we still use the percentage, and we used a couple of the other dice. But I made it so simple, and then I dumbed it down in the way of feats, and uh, when they had to roll for like wisdom checks, that sort of thing, instead of making it so, so complex, I wanted it to be fun and easy at the same time. So I just took what I'm supposed to do. I twisted it until it bent a nice little pretzel, and then I turned it into something more pliable for for kids. And so that's that. Like you said, the, the fun of it. If I would have been right on them, going, "Well, what type of stuff did you have? All right, well now you have to do a sort of feet check. Uh, what's your dexterity like? You know, like, well, you didn't quite make it. 
because yeah. now you had to roll above a fifty percent or below. You know, I, I I just allowed myself to roll it. Sometimes I sometimes I cheated them. Right, they didn't make the, the saving throw, but I was like, oh okay, you made the saving throw. You know, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's one thing. Like <laughs> that's the <adult. laughs> Yeah, the only thing I think that's really great with D and D fifth edition is that death saving throw because it gives you three chances to succeed or fail, so you can kind of see it coming. Um, early on when I was playing D&D, your character would just, it would be one roll to dice for a saving throw and you'd die. And it felt really unfair. At least now with 5th edition, you're like, I don't think this is going to go my way. Or you could be like, hey, I'm back up, everybody. You know, like it's, um, and that's one thing I will. I do think that Dragon Age doesn't really have a good dodge mechanic. There was a lot of homebrew rules I was reading on how to dodge. You basically only get one action. Even if you're a warrior later on, you don't get any bonus actions. And then two, to dodge... There's no real rules to dodge, so you have to come up with homebrew of like, well, you give up your action, but you dodge, which is great, but then you get in this weird protracted thing where, you know, they miss, you miss, they miss, like, it just gets in this thing of like, what do you do, you know, so, I don't know, but uh, back to Dragon Age, so Martin, you actually got to play at this point, which was amazing, everybody met at the keep, that's where you got your name, Jane, I don't know if now you want to tell Jesse what your actual name was, or if you want to still keep that a secret, um, but yeah, yeah because where we where we were at, we were like more or less in the French quarter side right. of uh, the whole campaign. So you know, grew up more or less French. So my name was Chance Boudreau. What? Chance. Chance. It's Chance, but it's Chance. It's pronounced Chance Boudreau. But I I just Chance. remember I remember Chance. your yeah I just remember your name being Rue. I think I think the head of the um, wardens just was joking around and call you Jane, and it was just something I came up with like in the moment. And then you're like, "Yeah, that's my name. Like, whatever you want to call. Me. Like, you're paying me. You, whatever you want to call me. Like, it, it, yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I don't. I'm not bothered at all. Um, so then, after you guys met at the, it was like that's when you guys. I remember you. You all went back to sanctuary for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, but you were there, and this is where you go, uh, you, like, hear a... Was it for a siege? Isn't that what it was for? Yeah. Uh, we went back there because there was, there was a, a massive siege happening, um, because someone called us out type thing. Right. Oh, um, well, that's, that's probably my least, su- I think that was my least successful session, because... Jesse, Todd, and I decided to meet over beers, which don't ever do that, by the way, if you're trying to run a serious campaign. Because I remember you guys I'm had... Not drinking, if that's the case, because we had a great time. Well, we weren't... We might have had a great time as a DM, but we had... No, we weren't. Time. It was like, we were like one beer in, but like the idea was that... Remember when people went out to bars? Anyway, uh... What's that? There was a big siege, and everything stopped, because that's when you met the big bad, which was the architect. Where he basically froze, right, he froze, yeah, he froze his army like it, he would have killed you guys. They were on top of you, literally, and he told all of his men to stop, like these undead soldiers, and Rue was on the wall with Heron, 
They're trying to destroy the siege weapons. I think Galron was up there. And all this yeah. stuff was happening. Was, and that's when Galron that started using... Siege. Yeah. That, that was near the end of the campaign. Yeah, that, that was a different siege. This was the one where Jesse and I were trying to actually fortify more or less in front of the keep. You know, we're digging trenches. Oh, that's and right. And then, and then Todd was trying to, uh, trying to, like... I don't know, try to get truth out of me of what I'm actually doing type thing. And yeah. And I were like, no, we're, we're digging. And do you have any, like, oils that we can use? Go, go make some more oil. Or... And this was like the elves. It was like the elves in camp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the elves. Yeah. We they're... were like in a forest. Right. Well, the elves. Fortress. Yeah, the elves showed up because it was there. The Dalles is like the elven area. And it was yeah. like it was like some of the people that trained Todd. I called them the Cabal. Just like your yep. elders. They had come and like, hey, this is right on our doorstep. You know, like we 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 have to defend this keep because we don't want them to push more into our territory. You know, um, and then yeah, like they helped dig the cabal helped dig every, and then the elders showed up. I remember. Yep, um, elders were there. And then it was like, hey, we're all. It was like all hands on deck. Like we have to stop these people. And that's you had this big siege, and the bane of Selwyn showed up because he's like, you helped me. I'll help you. And there was like siege towers, I remember, and stuff. And he was fighting in those. Um, See, I wasn't there for that. So Je- Jesse and I uh, started planning on what we were going to do before they got there. And then... Um, you had to leave. Great wardens were like, I need you to do something. And I'm like, but the siege. And you're like, right, right, right. Well, I think you, I think you, you said in real life, you said something like you had to go out of town or something. So, yeah. like again, I like doing the one-on-one things. So I was like, well... Yeah, I mean, rogues are good in sieges, but, like, they're really good in doing stuff kind of, especially your stabby, stabby stealth rogue. So you actually went and got information for them and went on this whole side mission um, where you started to investigate or find out at least more about the uh, black elvish bastards or the black and elvish bastards about that it was really the Chantry just setting them up, using it. Because the Chantry never liked the Dalles and the fact that it was, or the Dales, that it was like an elvish settlement. And they literally were like burning the woods and burning towns around there because they wanted the townspeople to turn against the elves. And so you went through these catacombs and met these people and they they were wearing things above like masks and things to cover their faces. And they were dressing, they were trying to dress like elves, what they thought elves dressed like and just setting things on fire. And then you actually met Heron in the woods because he had left for something as well. And uh, he killed a bunch of guys and was like out of breath. And then you you were dressed like them and came upon him and he was going to kill you. And then you're like, hey, man. And he's like, oh, God. Thank God. Like he was tired and like not doing well. And um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So then, then I found out about their, the, the whole siege and how, how that went after I got out from under the deep roads because I went into the deep roads and I found all these sashes and what they were up to and then them burning towns right. and I came out the other end. It was like all these seals. Like they, they're, yeah, they were all trying to make themselves look like the elves to like basically frame the elves. And the whole idea of in the beginning of the the black and elvish bastards, the whole idea was like it wasn't them. It was it was the Chantry who was trying to set them up, you know? And that's why the cabal, the people that taught Todd, the elves came up and were like, this is ridiculous. You know, like, we're being framed, basically. So, you know, we, we have a we have a dog in this fight, basically. You know, like, we have to stop them, basically. So, right. Yeah. And I remember, I just remember, and then you met up with them later, but 
But I remember between that, I think you were still out of town and there was a campaign where Todd was learning. I don't think it was his first, it wasn't his first, um, it wasn't his first specialization, but maybe a second where you went back and they were literally burning the woods and there was like these berserker dark spawn that would like bust through the woods and like come through and all the elves there were like, we're just here to protect the woods basically. Like you can't let anything burn. And I remember Jesse's character being there and like you guys are kind of blown away because the Darkspawn were literally just lighting themselves on fire and like running through the woods, like trying to kill and burn as much as they could. Uh, and there was this part that Todd was in that was like a sacred grove and they were just trying to protect that it was like the whole point of that campaign. Yep. And it was like, we have to keep and this area dark. sacred. And we made lines of defense and, uh, uh, like fire lines that they had to run through, but I guess they were lit on fire. And then we—that's right. We learned about corpse explosion. Oh yeah, that the blood mages uh, made great use of. And then oh yeah, the blood wards. Yeah, yeah, the, the, those guys. They uh, or you know Todd's Todd's group. Anyway, and then most of them died from that. Really, I thought from my mind. And then the remaining survivors from the darkspawn were. <laughs> obliterated by myself and the the elders who were like these just gauntleted yeah if i remember the right i kept trying to amp it up and your roles were so amazing jesse i was like man like it was just like one of those things where i was like well i can't lie too much like you guys are just like a line of and then that was when they started using their abilities like yeah. and then you guys were kind of like uh, bells, you know. Like some guy would use his, his scream ability, the next guy would use his scream ability, and it's like you guys are just le- and you're just like exploding people, and it was just like it was complete carnage, you know. And that was one thing where you gave me criticism where you said like, "Oh man, like I wish uh, it ramped up a bit," and that was where I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, I remember you saying that, but like. I don't know when, but I think I had this feeling now where I was like, I really got to ramp it up for, you know, what's happening next. But this is about the time everything's a little bit fuzzy because, like you said, it was a year. But I remember this is about the time you guys went back to Sanctuary and you heard a scream on the mountain and you went up there. And one of the guys in the town, Wilhelm, helped you fight. But he actually. Right. He died. But you guys found a dark ritual up there. Where the Darkspawn were making the Chantry Darkspawn, basically. Or, like, this weird hybrid. You saw, like, a weird prayer circle with blood. They had, like, a whole ritual going on. And you're like, yeah. what is going on up here? You there had, was the uh, half-human, half-Darkspawn. They are getting transformed into something else. Right, and you had, you happened to kill them. But somehow Wil- Wilhelm died. Um, and so then you went back to the town and reported to the elders, hey, this is what happened. Wilhelm passed away, and that's kind of setting up your guys' second specialization at level 14, where you guys have to go learn. And so what you did is you went up to the top of the mountain, because Wilhelm was an Ander, which is like a mountain person. And that's when you went up there, and then you met like the royal house up there. They had a longhouse. You delivered his body. You learned basically how to become a... Yeah, you basically learned how to become um, a berserker, which was like their idea of I mean, yeah, Berserker. It's a shock troop. You don't feel pain. You, um, you know, you basically can fight through the pain, basically. 
Yeah, I remember that it synergized well with Reaver abilities because uh, you, uh, like Reaver's like self-heal and uh, then Berserker's like extra damage and AoE damage or something like that. But yeah, or no, Reaver's AoE damage. Anyway, but but uh, yeah, it synergized real well and that's what I became. And uh, I thought that whole encounter was actually it turned out cool. really well. Um, yeah, the idea of like them just goading you of like you were getting shot with arrows and they're like are you gonna lay there are you actually gonna fight and you're like what and then they'd shoot you again you know and you're and you're like have these arrows sticking out of you and they're like well you could sit there and complain or you could keep fighting and you're like yeah. what is going on and then you kept fighting you know which i thought was pretty cool yeah i kept pushing forward and like almost dying they wore you down and then uh then yeah you the way you uh, jammed that was really good. It was because uh, it, it was like my character was learning how to do those abilities as during that combat. During like you notice that you know you have these things that are happening to you, and uh, I like how Martin's just folding clothes. <laughs> yeah, Martin's folding clothes right now. Which is good. He's uh, hearing the whole yeah, thing, but he's paying attention. House chairs never end. Yeah, I know. They, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the sun rises and sets. You still got <laughs> I was working. Yeah. No, I mean, I I do like. Yeah, I did like how all this turned out about you picking it up as you're fighting, and then right after that, you guys had another combat encounter. You had to basically put Anders' body to rest or something somewhere, and you guys Darkspawn attacked you, and you had to fight through them using your ability. So not only did you learn it, but you had to use it again right after that. Immediately, yeah. And it wasn't like, okay, now you're a berserker. It's just like, how do you feel? It's like, I feel good. It's like, well, and you learn these abilities during that fight. That was super cool. And it, and it, it felt good as, as it was, you know, it felt like the guy was learning. You know, it's like, a, I'm not describing it well, but I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like it felt like it was a, like, uh, like the, the, the steps felt right for him to get to that yeah. point. Instead of just saying... Oh, you're a you're a you know you're a berserker now. You, know? you read this book and you uh, learned this concentration now. You're a berserker. It's like no. <laughs> it's like yeah, even fought. I did that a little bit. I mean, not to give away the D and D thing, but there was a solo campaign where a character was casting things before they should have because they were trying to do something new, and it was that idea of okay, now you know how to do this because you tried to do it. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're you have a situation where you really need to do something. And well, it works, you know. Like, yeah. and, and in our D and D, we have so many people that, like, my character needs to learn um, oath of the the paladin oath of vengeance. But like, there's not really an opportunity right now, and uh, so I'm like just not using those abilities until I. Well, get some to some of the thing like not to give away the D and D thing, but like next session with me is going to be obviously like a longer thing setting stuff up. Um, but also I do want to do like single, um, so what I might do is do what I did before where this session, next session will set everything up. And then the one after this, I'll be like, Hey guys, I want to meet with you individually to give you more story and train up and have downtime. And then, and then, um, it'll be, you know, your, or maybe next week will be shorter. Cause there's like a big story beat I want to get to in the very last 
part because Jesse and I are co-DMing it, so we do three and three. So on my third thing, I want there to be a big story beat, not a not a cliffhanger, but like here's where you are, and then start Jesse's thing. And so what I might do is do like a smaller thing this next session, and then meet with people individually throughout the week. So then the second week comes to, and then you have this big story beat that I planned, and then we go into Jesse's thing. Because again, I want people like I think you're without getting too off topic. Uh, the D&D thing, I really like what I set up with your character, and I do have plans for that to pay off, and I thought visually it was really cool and everything, and I want that to keep going, um, and I want to have one-on-one time uh, with you to do that, to set that up more and everything, you know, like we did the single sessions with uh, the Dragon Age thing, you know, where you can actually, yeah, where you can actually have your specialization meetings. I mean, I think that's the only failing... That makes sense, too. Right. Well, that's the thing, is, like, you need time to... Uh, do that and I have some things set up story wise and then but I want you to have that payoff with your characters to say like yes I know these abilities now going into the next story beat I get to use them you know so um, and and I want to do that more I feel bad for Martin though because his second specialization was like us just having a conversation and because we really didn't have time it was getting to be like the end of the the session and I felt I feel bad. Uh, I wanted to have you use it more, and then, I mean, I guess it made sense story wise, but like, um, yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. It just seemed rushed towards the end because maybe it was the fact that it was a year long and it was wearing on me, or I was just like, hey, this we have to get to the end of this. Like, not in a bad way of like I want to get done with it. But you do have that thing like when you're reading a book or watching a movie towards the end where you kind of like I when I read at the end of a book, I kind of speed up a little bit, you know, where you especially if you really engage in it, you know what I mean? Like you want to you, you want to get to the end and see what it's like. Yeah. And I think maybe with the Dragon Age, I, I fell into that trap of. All right, man, we're like we're at uh, you're at uh, 14, you know, there's six of these left or whatever. There's an epilogue like we got to let's get this going, you know, like I and I feel bad because Martin really never used his uh, second specialization because I think it was just me describing something in a courtyard of like, yes, you well, learned. Well, it was actually kind of comical because you're like, oh, when Jesse did his, we were like at it for like an hour and a half and Todd, we were about an hour. Mine was like. 20 minutes maybe <laughs> so there you go what do you think and I'm like cool <laughs> yeah, I was, but then but then I tried to which don't give it away now Martin but I, I tried to make that up in the epilogue which you could, you could talk about later which I thought was kind of cool and you even said kind of at the end that was a cool way to like put a button on your character or whatever like the way it felt was really good but I but I mean there's a lot of little stuff that happens here but I think what really led up to that last, there's like two big things that happened before the finale, which one was there was another siege, but I would introduced these uh, brotherhood of good Chantry that broke off from the Chantry, and you guys all go to a keep to fight the Darkspawn because um, it's the idea of like this is a keep that the Wardens have had and they've lost it several times. But they have to hold this keep because it's like close to where it's close to the main fort of the wardens. So the idea was that they have to hold on to the fort, and it's like more of a symbolic thing. But like, uh, if the darkspawn get it, it's more of a dark 
I don't know. They just didn't want the Darkspawn to have it. So this was like one of the last sieges you guys really did. Um, which it was like, yeah. I, I remember there was like a bunch of undead. Uh, they didn't really seem to be affected by pain, but you could still kill them. Um, you got overrun. Skeletons, right? Yes. And there was like skeleton mages that, um, and this is when I actually made Martin do a solo campaign where you like went into the dungeons of the place and you found like more information that maybe the wardens were helping the architect, which kind of helped your, um, which kind of helped the story because I introduced the architect and like I said before, that's like the worst time to have a session because at the time the architect was supposed to give all these plans and like what he wanted, but because we were like a beer down, it turned into like a 10 minute speech and everybody just fucked off and walked away basically. Um, which isn't an effective way to have your villain show up for the first time where everybody's like, Hey, this guy's really intimidating. And he's like, not really. I'm going to go guys. You guys need anything before I leave? Cause I can fold some laundry or, you know, and then like, like, I just felt bad because we were, like, two beers in and we hadn't... I think we took a break that session or between sessions, so we had a long break between when we met. So we were really just chatting, catching up, and then it was like, oh, right, we should play Dragon Age, which is not, again, not a good ideal to have your villain. That's when you introduce your villain and he's supposed to have a big speech. Because um, if I remember right, the wardens basically just said, fuck you, and walked out, which I was like, that's not really... Like, he literally has troops outside. He could stab everybody. But apparently he decided not to for the sake of beer. I don't know what, why he thought maybe that was... He he had, like, conditions for surrender or something, but the surrender was for, like, the human race or something. I don't know. It was something like that. And and then, yeah, the wardens and us were like, no. And then then, (laughs) just left. Yeah, and then everybody just left. And part of me was like, man, but then I thought to myself, I'm like, we didn't do this well. Like, it didn't, but I, I wanted to still ramp up. I think that's why the, there was this last siege, because it was like the idea that these people had broken off for the Chantry and knew they were corrupt, but everybody was suspicious of each other, you know, that had come to this keep. Nobody trusted them. Uh, yeah. Only the group trusted each other because you guys had fought together. Uh, Martin yeah. actually fought with you guys a little bit. Um, and then... So that was like, it was actually a pretty good siege. And you guys actually retreated, I remember. Because you got outrun, which I thought we, was... Well, I mean, so we had we had battened down the hatches and closed up the keep and we had a defensive position. Um, and then what happened is that, and, and we won that initial part, right? So all of these monsters are coming at the castle from the outside and we took them out as they're climbing the walls and as they started to get over and then we retreat a bit and then three or four giant holes opened up in the center courtyard and everything was coming out of there so now we're on the reverse side we're on the wrong side of the wall right. uh, everything was inside that's right and so and that that was my thoughts like okay they're all in here they're gonna trickle out and we can fight them on the outside so we're on the wrong side of the wall now all of a sudden uh, but then we was like, oh, fuck that. Let's just go to the other castle. Right, the fort, yeah. Have to go it's heavily that. fortified. It's, yeah. Yeah, they have to build a whole new, dig a whole new tunnel, I guess, to get in there. But, well, I, mean, I, think, yeah. I think Martin, that's when he showed everybody, because he had been down through those tunnels. It's like, if we're getting out of here, like, I know a way out, basically. 
And he basically, if I remember right, went down in the tunnels and showed you guys how to get through, if I remember. I, I think we just ran off. Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, that's I right. The, the door was open, like in the back of the keep. And you yeah. guys were like, oh, that's weird. And you guys went in and that's when I was like, fuck this. So we did a solo session with everybody and basically I'd set up at this point that the Dark Chantry or whatever they're called that we're working with the Darkspawn had heard about you guys because you guys are like 16th or 17th level by now and you've uh, yes. you have smashed every nail in front of you as Galron would say and it got to the point where they were like you know what like we need to find one person in our army that could take these people on so you basically had a one-on-one combat with champions of yep. their choosing. And uh, Martin, what happened? Yeah, Martin, what happened with your champion? You fought uh, one of their guys. Yeah. So we. Uh, so I don't know if that was purposely set up. It sounded seemed like it was kind of like a you know what your skill set was kind of like the champion you were gonna you know fight. Yeah, that and, was designed that way. I didn't come up with the idea of the champion, but since you had just fucked off from the siege that I had just planned, it was like, well, I have to up the stakes again. Because, like, you can just walk away from this siege, apparently. <laughs> like, nothing happening. The, the, whole, the whole champion thing wasn't planned? No, not until you guys... Until I had the open door, and then you guys went in, and I was like, well, they're not... You guys aren't just gonna... Like, you're not just gonna come into an open keep, you know? So it's like, no, these people have been waiting for you, you know? And the way I looked at Alistair, who was the head of the order, he's in the games, but he was, like, just waiting for you guys because he knew... He's like, well, they're gonna show up, like... I don't have to worry, you know, like, it's going to be okay. And so that was the idea, was that... But then once you guys came in, it was like, oh, so if they fight these champions, I mean, I came up with it in a moment. It was like, well, then it's going to come down to you having to fight someone of your skill set. And that's, I think I did another solo campaign with each person fighting their champion, which, if I remember right, Jesse, your email was... uh, I said, yeah, I think I wrote in the notes, like, you got hurt or something. And you said, nope. <laughs> like, you responded. And you just said, no, he was just another uh, inconsequential person or whatever in Galron's life or something like that. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was an inconsequential uh, nail in Galron's long line of hammering. It's uh, uh, I remember that fight because it was a lot of fun because his, his abilities are all uh, wonky. He's like a mage slash warrior uh, that had abilities for both. And then. But I use my I use some of my reaver abilities to like heal back up the full before the fight ended. Uh, so I was I had like five hit points missing of my eighty or seventy five mm-hmm. it was, and uh, and then I I vivisected the guy because I thought that there was some kind of item inside that was causing the healing action and stuff. So I did the exploratory. So let me explain. So you didn't you didn't know he was healing. He was just doing that as like a OCD thing, like touching his chest and healing. And yeah. you thought he was touching something and like literally did surgery on him to see like what do you have inside you to allow you to heal. And I had and to tell I, you off board like no, he's literally just healing himself. Like I was like uh, okay, so uh, and then I like collected his head because that was Galron's thing with head. I remember I made like a Christmas tree with an ogre's antlers and a bunch of darkspawn heads. Back in the deep mines, that was a fun visual, and uh, mm. he just kept doing stuff like that. He was just, you know, in for the heads. Very, well, Martin, what, what was your Martin? What was I'm your sorry. champion? The skulls. Oh, so he he was uh, he was a 
more or less a rogue like me. And so we went down uh, in the basement, uh, essentially. And it was uh, very poorly lit, um, which uh, to me it was fantastic because of my ability to, you know, fade into the darkness and uh, virtually a blur. You couldn't really see me once I went in. And since it was dark, you know, I started uh, taking out some of the torches, so it made it even harder. So the fight was actually really a lot of fun. Um, it was virtually like fighting a mirror of yourself is what it, for me, is what it was. Um, the end result was clearly I, I walked out of there alive, but not before uh, he did get a chance to stab me and then didn't realize that his blades were poisoned and they uh, were doing uh, damage on me quite fast but of course he was already dead before the damage even took so i made it up before just passing completely out medic is virtually what it was um but he i think he had something like that also didn't he have he had, he had something i can't remember what it was but he also had something like he, he kept doing something with his chest or something like that. Well, his thing was, he was like a mummy, but he was undead because they didn't know if you were going to poison your blades. Because Martin, I got to, the one criticism I'll say about your character, you had poison making and you never put it on your blades. Ever. Ever. You had it maxed out to like master craftsman, but you never were like, you never approached me and was like, hey, can I look for some herbs? I want to make some poison. Never. Ever. We were fighting Darkspawn. Can you poison a Darkspawn? I yeah, mean, you can. You totally. I mean, I probably should have winked and I probably should have winked and told you, like, hey, Martin, you can poison Darkspawn. Um, but, like, you never. So I was like, well, why isn't Martin. Like, I have a chart here. I'm going to use this chart and I'm going to poison the shit out of Martin. So, but the idea was, I think. But he couldn't hit me. That's the funny thing is that no, no matter how much. <clears throat> no matter what he could do, he could not hit me until the end. And you were like. Oh, he hit you for like two points of damage, and I'm like, oh, fantastic, thanks. And then he, then he dies, and then he's like, you're not feeling one. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm like, oh crap. They no, were well, I thought it, I thought it was. recycle no more. I mean, give me a little bit more credit than that. I, what I did is, you got up to the top where like everybody else had survived, and they're sitting around drinking a beer, or whatever. Like Galron was up there, whoever. I think uh, the mage went first. And you were just like whistling and skipping and you sat down and the main champion, I think that was going to fight Galron or maybe Heron was like, how you feeling? You're like, that was a breeze. And then that's when I started rolling your status effects. So then you were like, oh, I'm oh, like you started instantly getting dizzy and you were like talking mad crap like you always do. You're like, man, bring on like two more. Oh, I don't feel so good, guys. Like, you, And that's that's when you pass. And that's when you passed out and they had to carry you upstairs and like you were gone, you were passed out for like a week. And then yeah. that came into your epilogue as well where you were still hurt. Um, yeah. And so then uh, Heron fought, but he did that obviously outboard and he lost an eye. Uh, that was, I'm not going to show you guys my roles and you're not going to sit there and watch it. So it was like, there had to be some stakes. So he literally just lost an eye, but he killed the thing he was trying to kill, which was good. And then forever Jane was making fun of him of, Hey, what's up? Like you're, I think you called him. What'd you call him, Cyclops, or you called him yeah. something? Can you see me or something like that? You kept making jokes about his eye. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, keep, <laughs> just on the one guy, because that's all you can do. Yeah, there was a lot of those jokes of that, and then, uh, like I said, none of that was planned until you guys 
went in the keep and I was like, well, I have to plan something that's more incredible. Um, so that's when I came up with the idea of like, well, they have to fight a champion or something. And this is where I think I kind of failed because there was towards the end of this campaign, there was a lot of exposition because I thought you guys are picking up on clues and things, but I probably shouldn't have pitched the whole campaign to two people that didn't have a lot of role playing experience. Cause like Jesse's like, yeah, this is all great and fun. I'm like, well, the champion's bad. You're like, yeah, fuck all that. Like, I just want to kill these people. (laughs) Like they ripped me off. I don't care about like the world building. Like that's dumb. I just want my eight gold for the, the two heads that I brought in and they didn't pay me. And so there was a lot of talking about trying to piece everything together. And like, um, Alistair was getting letters from people and they were like, you guys are all sitting down. This is more of like a, Hey, let's, um, let's get everything together before you guys start the last mission. So there was a lot of exposition of like, Hey, I think the Chantry is working with the dark spawn and we can't allow that to happen. And with Martin's character, they said, we want to know more about the architect. Uh, because we think he's a danger and he's doing something to the dark spawn. We don't understand their connection, but uh, we think something's happening at Val Royal and we need you guys to look into it, basically. And that's when, like, Jesse was like, How many people do we have if we're going to go to Val Royal? They're like, Well, you guys have been through three sieges. A lot of people are dead. So we got like 20 mercenaries left or something. And then I think um, Alistair said, I wrote letters and like 20 other people answered them. So this is what you got. And they're going to meet you at Val Royale, basically. Well, one thing that I will say um, that I wanted to also see more of, and I was waiting for that shoe to drop, and it never did, is that Galron was poisoned by Darkspawn, uh, and nothing really ever came with it. Maybe once or twice when you were like, you feel a, a pain in your arm, roll right. the check. That's what, you know, when it's in your blood, it just doesn't Stop! You know, it's just like, <laughs> can you get past the elbow, guys? Can you yeah. get past the elbow? I, I, you know, I wanted to yeah. see more of that. Also, it's starting to yeah. take him over because it, I should have. It is. It's I should have. I should have put that more into play when he was fighting that champion of like, like, oh, I want to swing at him, or like he hits that spot where you got poison, you know, and it does like extra damage, or it makes your arm limp, so then you lose because that's your AC because you were using that as a shield, so then you could have lost like defense or whatever, you know, of like. Your arm's dead. Like, you you still got your sword swinging arm, but, like, you can't raise your arm, you know, or whatever. Like, because then you would have... Yeah. yeah, then you would have at least lost defense and you would have taken more damage, you know? So. Yeah, it could be something. I mean, I... I there was a lot of going back and forth on treatment. So I was, like, getting treated by, like, these super healers. And yeah, the wardens. The, the wardens, he knew a lot. So I had a lot... I maintained that throughout... This hard campaign because that happened like near the beginning, I think, somewhere in there. Yeah, right, right when it, uh, it was like level seven or eight when you did that. Uh, you the did that snap. thing into the deep roads because I roads. that wasn't in the campaign. I added that like those poison uh, blades because I was like, there's got to be some repercussions, you know? Like you guys can't just keep because they keep talking about in the books that like dark blood blood is poisonous and like it affects people later down the road. You know what I mean? So, like, even the wardens who fight the Darkspawn, they will randomly go crazy. They, they could have a possibility of going crazy. So, like, right. if they have a, an immunity to it, they're not immune, but they have a built-up immunity, and you can't just keep getting stabbed by these blades and nothing happen, you know? Yeah, so resistance going forward. Yeah. Right. So that's... 
Yeah. I wanted to see I wanted to see some of that because you know in order to be a come award in the injustice dark spawn of blood and just because you ingest it doesn't mean you're gonna survive it most of the people don't yeah survive it you know so for him to pretty much be like tis a flesh wound yeah. and survive yeah. it with no nothing happened to him <clears throat> well when to see something like that maybe like him, him having like a, a fight between himself because the side of him that's turning dark spawn versus the side that still isn't you know yeah, that that's talk with the dark spawn. Well, that that's the thing of like I don't know if like that. Yeah, maybe, but like too, like just like you said, having more consequences. Like maybe he has to make a might check or something to swing his sword, you know, or something like that. Because you know they don't really have saving throws in um, Dragon Age, you know, so it's not like you can do like a poison saving throw or whatever. So, but yeah, I get that. Like the idea of like played with it. Yeah, should have did like him. Even outside of combat, you know, him, him talking to somebody, and they, maybe it was uh, him talking to Lucius or uh, somebody else, and all of a sudden he just starts getting like, it was it like, yeah. hey mommy, I missed how was today. Yeah, well I that that too of like maybe he he goes to the fade, which is like totally crazy for his race to do that. Like they don't do that, and you're like, what is going on? You know, like that idea, something. <laughs> but like the idea of having a consequence, I get that idea of like. You know, making him have a consequence for what? Um, yeah, there, what, there was. I mean, maybe Martin was. The, I don't think Martin was there that all those times. But yeah, my arm was a problem for, especially in the deep roads, and then like ongoing forever out afterwards. There, I'd have issues. Usually not in combat. Sometimes in combat, but then later on, once I had like warden treatment and I had all these treatments, then it was like okay. Right. So there's some stuff. But they did tell you, like Martin's yeah, right. There should have been, yeah, there should have been something. Yeah, my arm's sore. I'll chop it off and put something in its place. I swear, yeah, I will. Well, basically, all this led up to the end of the game, where you guys took a diversion to a town, and you found two of the elders there, um, and they were hurt, and they said they tried to. Basically, the idea was they tried to transport your guys' ancient god where you get your reaver ability. They tried to transport them to a safe place, but they got uh, attacked by the Chantry, and the Chantry basically kidnapped uh, the dragon, or uh, which is how they were creating... They are basically trying to create an archdemon, which that's what an archdemon is in the book. It's like a diseased dragon. So... Um, and so when you guys got to, there was like a, there was a thing where Martin had to sneak down into Valraya, into the, into the cathedral. You went down through the bell tower and found like a passage yep. through and he had to make a bunch of checks to try to, cause I said, you know, people talk about the coffers of Valraya of this temple, but it's almost impossible to find or make your way through. And Martin, I made Martin do several checks and he made a lot of checks just trying to find his way through these catacombs to get you guys to the main because this was something where I wanted you to get to the end, but I didn't want you to spend two hours planning. Because you'd already done that with so many sieges. Where you guys did a good job planning, but like like we were talking about earlier, and Jesse, now you know that you're on the other side of it with the combat. Planning a siege still takes time. And you know you could spend 45 minutes going, we're going to dig a trench, and we're going to put oil here, and then we want people up on the walls, and like who's going to do this? Yeah, and that's that's 45 minutes, and you haven't even done the siege yet, you know? And so, yeah. to get to the end, I didn't want to have everybody go, 
Alright, so we're going to go down, and then this person's going to be whatever, and then this is going to happen, and then have to do that. That would just take way too much time. So Martin was just making his checks, which was good, because it was like, this is speeding this along in a way that I didn't even think about, you know? Yeah, and we had at the time like 20-some-odd warriors, and then I had my hand of Amaram, which are like my little recruits. They were followers, yeah. Followers, yeah. I was like training and such, and uh, and then it's funny is they, they didn't even have names. What, what were they? What were those followers, Jesse? What, what did you call them? Oh, no, so I, I, as part of my recruitment thing, I, I stripped them of their names, and they get to <laughs> <burn> them back. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. Well, and I had name them based on like the weapons they were using or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it was, he sure uh, did. Their, their position is those right, left, and bow. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. That's what he did. He did that. It was pretty funny. I hadn't worked out names, but then he said, I don't care about their names. And as a DM, I was like, that's great. I don't want to think up with three more names that I have to, like, remember and everything. Yeah, like, I don't want to write anything down. This has been a year. We're almost done. And he just named them right nut, left nut, and center. That's what he Pretty did. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I remember the end of this campaign, I think, was more about... Um, I tried to set up a thing between you and between Jesse's character and Heron because Heron wanted to kill the thing because it was obviously dangerous or becoming dangerous. Basically, they were they were doing like a massive ritual to turn this dragon into an archdemon. They were feeding it darkspawn blood and doing all this stuff. They had hung up Jesse's elders and were experimenting with them because they didn't know the connection. And Jesse was like, well, we have to save this thing. And Heron was like, if we don't kill it, it's just going to get stronger and it's going to get worse and then you guys had words and uh, apparently martin was ready to stab you no so well yeah i remember you guys ready to stab me and stuff what i said was is that i'm not going to help you i'm going to free my elders first and then i'll discuss it with them but but from what i understood from my connection with that creature is that it wasn't gone yet it was still like on its way out but not dead and my mission was to protect it but it wasn't dead yet it wasn't converted yet so i wasn't gonna stop you i just wasn't gonna help you oh i got you i got you it didn't sound that way it didn't it's like we're gonna set this thing free and and then uh uh was like no it's it's dark spawn that's that's my job you're like but it's not really you're like but listen it is if it's not total now it will be soon, and so it's my job to kill it. You're like, well, it's my job because it's my thing. And I was just like, man, I am going to murder Galrond. <laughs> um, and if Lucius jumps in, I am going to just separate his left foot from his leg. You know, I was just right. waiting for it. I was like, it's about to go down. You, you would have been frying Galrond because he wouldn't have poisoned his blades. He hadn't learned anything from fighting the champion and actually figured out he actually. Like one eye and I mean, I I love I love next as much. I I love Ruth so much, Martin. But the idea that you use your engineering skill and trap making skill more than you did your poison skill after you learned it at the end of the campaign was so bittersweet. Where you're like, hey, I check for traps. Hey, that's right, I can check for traps, and and then you kept doing it. I was like, that's smart. Never looked at the poison chart, Martin. Never looked at the poison no, I chart. I a lot, but I looked at it so much. I even had lists of poisons written down. But it's dark spot. Their blood is poison. What's what spider poison well, gonna do to them? Nothing. 
Well, like, yeah, well... Well, first off, I apologize for not telling you that you can poison them. But two, you were constantly checking for poisons, but you weren't making yeah, poisons. Was, it was like, like what are they doing over there? Are they making a Are they making a poison? Yeah, I sabotage that. I don't want them to poison stuff. But you weren't poisoning your blades, Martin. No, I will say this. Remember when we were first doing the very first siege of all three of us together, and uh, Jesse and I were trying to put together um, a plan of defense. And while we're trying to make this plan, you're like, we, we flip the map over. Remember, Jesse and I are like drawing on the, on the back of the Yeah, we figured that out. Yeah, and Todd was like, I'm going to go and sneak over to Martin. And then I'm going to, he does, he has this lay hands thing that can like suck the truth out of you or something like that. And while he's saying and thinking this, I'm watching him the entire time while we're, we're making this plan. And in my, I was getting ready to poison him if he was to even try to put his hands on me. He would have been hallucinating a lot. Well, what I thought was funny was I I don't know if he was over, if he like didn't understand what's going on, but it's the only time I've ever played any kind of role playing game where you ask someone what they want to do and they say pass. I've never had that happen before, and he did that one time, and it it blew me away. Where he just said, "I pass," and I go, "What? Like, I've never, had, I've never had anybody play a role playing game in my life where they're like, I'm good, bro. Like, I'm, I'm just like, guys. Like, even with Jesse, when we were doing his thing, my guy is uh, defensive, and I couldn't really take an act, or I didn't really have any spells or anything, or I'm a healer, so I want to keep my spell slots for healing. And I just said, hey, I get into defensive turtle mode. I ready myself. I want to see if this thing come at, co- comes at me. You know, I want to get ready for what's happening. I don't want to attack. And, like, he didn't even say that. Like, he didn't say, like, oh, I'm going to prep a spell. Or, like, he just said, I pass. Which, to me, like, blew my mind at the time. I was like, what? All right, Jesse, I guess it's your turn. He just passed. Um but yeah, I don't. I don't think this last battle was as good as it could have been. I wanted the dragon to be sickly and not have its full powers, but I also wanted it to be challenging. But I was looking at the damage it was doing with, especially Galron's armor, and then Martin was able to dodge, and Lucius was yeah. far away because he didn't obviously want to get up next to a dragon. Uh, I don't think anybody really got hurt that much. I mean, you got hurt, but it wasn't um, extraordinary. One of your hammer. I think one of your <clears throat> followers went down, Jesse, or got hurt really bad. <clears throat> uh, yes, they they got hurt because there was like add-ons, add-ons. There's ads. Uh, other mods. Cultists came in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cultists came in. We play video games. We know what an ad is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they were they were killing those things. I I don't think any of them. They all lived. But one did get really injured, like yeah. he was passed out, and then got healed up later. Yeah, and then I think I fell into the trap of the stereotypical TV thing, where you have, let's say, nine episodes of a show, and on the eighth episode, you have an amazing episode because I really like that siege at the end and you guys fighting the champions. Yeah. But then, like the last episode, it's like, I mean, it happened, you know, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like this great send off to like the next season of, you know, the show. It was like, yeah, I mean, we fought a dragon, you know. And I think that's part of my problem, too, is, like, in games, especially D&D, it's called Dungeons & Dragons. I hate when characters fight a du- dragon because it's just so, like, I mean, even watching the dungeon dudes, they're like, oh, 
Like, they were talking about, oh, a fighter and how cool a fighter is and how many attacks they get. Apparently, later on, they get several attacks, like eight attacks a turn or something. And they go, yeah, I mean, it helps because you're fighting a dragon, but that's something that should only happen four or five times during a campaign. And I was like, what? You fight a dragon four or five times in a campaign? One, that campaign better last, like, seven years. And two, like, that many dragons? Are you kidding me? Like, that just... That seems like a lot of dragons. So, like, for me, having a dragon, thematically it makes sense because it's an archdemon and you want to take it out. But then, logistically, how does that work into making it hard? Plus, it was chained to the ground, which doesn't help. It's, like, chances of flying. And And an underground cavern that wasn't very high. Yeah. And so... Well, I'm surprised Galron over here didn't try to go and grab the chain and swinging around in a circle or something. Try to free it. I'm going to go and grab him by the chain. That's not a good idea. (laughs) That is. It is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, like, I had the idea of you. I did have the idea of you guys fighting an archdemon, but it didn't didn't really coalesce until I, like, thought of, like, well, you know, are they going to fight an archdemon or not? And I just happened to turn on Hulu one night, and there's an animated Dragon Age movie. It's terrible. I watched like the first. Oh, yeah, I watched like the first ten minutes, and they showed all these elves giving a dragon blood, like in a ritual. I was like, "There we go." So um, it was literally me watching five minutes of something to see if I would finish it, and getting the idea to finish the campaign of like that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna see this cult doing this to this dragon. It's sickly. It's trying to fight it, but it is gonna turn into you know an archdemon. How are they gonna fight it? I think again, it could have done more damage. You guys could have got hurt more because obviously it's a dragon. But I do say I like the end of the campaign when um, everybody was like eating breakfast and like just having a brunch, talking to each other of like, man, hashtag Wednesdays, am I right? And just like sitting there like, we just killed a dragon. Like, what do you guys want to do? And uh, everybody kind of decided, you know, you were going to go, Galrun's character was going to go train the hand of Amaran and everything. I was going to go build a nation. Right. Small nation. And I like how you... (laughs) I said, well, what is your idea? And you go, well, I want to train these people. And I want to build a nation. Let me look at my notes. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, yeah. So here's how we're going to divide everything up. And you were looking at your screen off to the side, like reading me notes. And there was this part of me, Jesse, I got to admit, I'm like, fuck you. I'm not taking notes. Like, send it to me as an email. Like, I don't... Like... Keep this email, but I yeah, I don't want to like we're we're done, you know. Like I, I don't. It's over, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah. over, man. I mean, cool, 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 cool. But you actually had an epilogue though, um, where you yeah, went off. I, I was just thinking that well, if there's a second, like we could do uh, like a ten years later. Well, yeah, there'd be like a legacy thing to your characters because you're already leveled up, right? So yeah, we're level nineteen or something now. I think or twenty. But, uh, but I was thinking, like, if we wanted to pick it back up, we could do something like go into the Deep Roads and join the Le- Legion of the... Uh, it's like a bunch of dwarves. Yeah. Lost? Or not the Lost if Anyway, Forsaken. And, uh, you know, we could go do that. Like, But I'd have, like, this nation-building backstory where I'm, like, this dude who's sort of like a president of this little area or, or chief of that 
army I can call up on and that sort of stuff. So. Well, I remember that was that was your. I mean, what what was your epilogue? Because you didn't just describe that to me. You went to go do something, didn't you? You went back to sanctuary, and I think you buried uh, the the elders that had passed. But you were like one of the head elders now, because yeah. they yeah. had they had they had passed. So I discussed a bunch of stuff with all the surviving warriors that were left over, and like I don't know, a bunch of different like humans around, as well as other wind rights and just survivors. And then we went back to sanctuary to go build nation with the Bane's blessing. The Bane right, right. Because they're like, well, well, you know, you'd already gained a reputation and then Sanctuary was already a place that people knew about. So they're like, yeah, like, you've helped us, you know, we'll set up a trade thing and I'll train these people. You know, like, you could train your people or whatever. Yeah, and then I went and recruited the some of the elves, elf, uh, Dar, what are they called? Uh, oh, the Dals or whatever? The Yeah, the Dals. Yeah, in that area, yeah. It was like whoever wanted... You basically just had... Didn't you have an open call to whoever wanted to be trained, basically? Yeah, whoever wants to join this nation. And then I had sort of some, like... I don't know how it would be structured. Uh, it was with a uh, class... Uh, you class. knew how it was going to be structured. You had notes, Jesse. You had notes that yeah. you were sending me on how it was going to be structured. I think you knew how the grain was going to be split up. You knew all that stuff, how the farmland... The was, grain was going to be split Yeah, you knew all that. You had... <laughs> Yeah, he's like, no, every house can only have three kids, two boys, and one woman. That's how it works. I've worked the math out. Uh, and one yeah. boy's going to be born with one eye because that's his mother's side of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I took the, uh, the government government system from Babylon 5 to <laughs> Bari, and that was the government system. I decided, like, oh, I'll have a warrior, a worker, and a leader cast. but that was pretty much your epilogue right like we but we spent time doing it like i remember it only took like an hour if i remember right like you're no it was too long uh and it was just the reason i did that is just sort of like oh this would be really cool like if we did 10 years later and we're all kind of meeting at my castle yeah you know no i had this idea that you guys would be legacy characters and that um there would be like a new generation that would come through. So like everybody would make new characters, but they would be meeting the legacy characters. So like Martin's new character would be meeting Galron or your new character would be meeting Lucius. So it was the idea of like Todd would be playing Lucius and you'd be playing the new character. Like, hey, I've heard about you. Lucius came with me. What? Go ahead. Oh, no. I was And Lucius came. Yeah. Right. And that was the idea was that everybody would meet like these legacy characters. Because I had a new story thread that I was writing up for my NPC, like the main, one of the main NPCs' backstory that was going to propel this the new thing forward or whatever. So yeah, and I was thinking I'd play right. Oh yeah, you could play one of your followers. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then Martin, what, Martin, what was your epilogue? There was there was like three people that there was right. three people that when Alistair put out the call for all the wardens to come back That's and help, right. and they, they did, did not uh, answer a summons. Right, right. So I had to go and, and find them. And I remember, so out of this whole thing, the funniest thing that I thought was the funniest was the small characters. Right, it's always the secondary characters yeah. that are funnier. Is uh, 
I'm gonna go and uh, find this this one chick. She was the first one I chose to go after, and so I come to this town, and there's virtually nobody there except for like a few people in there. I can't even remember her name. I don't have my notes with me. Uh, but uh, they were like, you don't want to see her. You know, that's what they're like. Yeah, come do. And then there's this hand sticking up out of the mud, and so this hand is sticking up out of the mud, and, I'm, and it starts to move. So I go and I I free this person and they buried him alive and he's just muddy and apparently he's a he's a somebody that wanted to Tristan. join Tristan that's right and he comes out he's like he barely even says thank you you know he's just this pompous pious thing you know he's just like oh thank oh you know and then he goes and cleans himself up and he he I give him clothes and he's he he goes into this big thing about about how he doesn't know where everybody is which makes no sense because the, the town is in complete ruins and he's just running around naked actually well yeah clothes. so let me let me tell you a little bit about tristan so this town was controlled by the chantry and then when they lost they got a they got a letter that said hey uh the jig is up they know what's going to happen someone's going to hunt you down you need to pull up stakes and leave they literally trampled him as they were leaving town right. and so you saved his life because he was in the mud about to die like suffocate and you pulled him out well the thing is the thing with Tristan, I don't know if there's a luck skill in Dragon Age. I just made him have a luck skill. So, like, right. you just happened to pull him out when he was about to die. He had a family sword that was, like, like an heirloom. And he he's an idiot, but he couldn't lose it. I was going to say that. He was an idiot. Yeah. And so, like, Martin found a sword in town that looked nice. And he just put it in his back. And then he was walking. And he's like... I was like, yeah, the sword isn't in your backpack. He's like, what the hell? And Tristan's like, hey, I found my sword and like pulls it out of a stump. So it's like the idea is like he can't lose a sword. It's like a family heirloom, but it's not really powerful except for the fact that if he set it down, it would just be in his bag, you know? And so Martin was like, Tristan, are you all right? He's like, I'm great. But he was actually a a talented healer. But other than that, he was like a complete idiot. Like, Martin kept seeing him on the road, and he's like, hey! Like, he was, like, excited to see him and everything. And then Martin had to track these three people down. Right. And there was an underground, uh, there was an underground warden keep, or, or uh, tales of an underground warden keep. And so what found the underground warden keep in which there was, there was what looked like a broodmother there. Right. So uh, yeah, did you ever like did you figure out what happened with that? Did you put it together? What I mean, it's over. I, but I can t- I can tell you. So th- you were supposed to find a woman that was like a really well known warden, and right. what happened well, was that's right. right. She was it. She was the yeah. She was the broodmother. Yeah, so she basically right. like became a broodmother, and like gave herself to the darkspawn. So you went in this underground warden keep that even the elves have a hard time finding, and she basically just became one with the the darkspawn. So you're right, supposed to right. hunt her down, and and what happened was, um, it smelled disgusting to you. But Heron, you met Heron on the road, and you showed him what it was, and he's like, "We need to leave." And then you met him in another town to meet the last guy, and Heron set up a makeshift warden recruitment station, and he had absolutely <laughs> zero followers. Um, and you kept running in going, how many today? And he's like, I mean, you walked in the door. That's, that's all I got today. And, and, uh, you got some info from somebody and found out that there was large shipments of something moving in and out of this town, but it was like un, it wasn't written very clearly. You'd have to study it more. And then at the end of the campaign, uh, well, you, you could, you could tell Jesse 
I, you said it was really good. You liked the end of the campaign, so. I did. I, I thought it was a really good uh, end of the campaign. So there was a uh, this real big brutish guy, you know, uh, kind of like Yaron, only no brains, and uh, <laughs> like he, he wouldn't even acknowledge that I was even there. I I would have just destroyed him anyway. But he was that this big, massive, brutish warrior, and so it was clearly that was one of the guys that I needed to go after. But he had a, a, like a, a leader type guy. And he was the one that I was really, really looking to. And so I finally made my way into his room, and uh, uh, he realized that I was there, even though I was hiding in the in the shadows. And so this dialogue happens of, you know, uh, you didn't answer the call when the wardens called you. And, you know, the guy first was like, there's something bigger afoot than what you know, you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, well, I can't let you leave here. You know, type of dialogue back and forth. And uh, he's like, well, actually, you know, I can't let you leave here type thing. And so there was a, a fight and uh, the fight kept going back and forth, back and forth until I almost had him and something happened that to where no matter what type of damage I was doing to him, it wasn't doing any damage at all. Oh, you were doing damage. But he, he eventually was able to just get, like, get out of it. He, I think he jumped out he the just, window or something. He like, no, he stuck me. He uh, stuck me and then he's just like, um, you know the same effects that you felt before when you fought the champion. That's what you're feeling now. Um, and I was like, what? And I tried to make like one last ditch effort, and the guy, I felt like paralyzed. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. You know, I'm going to let you just sit here and brood. You'll live to fight another day, type thing. And he just walked. He just walked right out. Uh, so that's what happened. He didn't jump out the window. He just he, oh, that's he poisoned me. And then I, when I fell and I couldn't do anything, he's again, like, Martin. This time you're fighting a human, and you didn't think, maybe I should put something on my blades, because these are three humans I'm going after. Maybe I should uh, maybe I should do something to these. And you didn't do it, Martin. And I thought, surely this time, there's been so many clues. I'm going to pick poison and not use it, Joe, just to make... You've already done that, Martin. You have to go against the grain. Next character, you have to choose poison and use the poison. No, you already did that. You already did that. You already did that. That's gonna be my MO from now on. Well, but don't use them. But I remember you like you really liked the end of the campaign, which was like you finally sat down with Heron at like the end at his makeshift warden thing, and we're like, "How many today?" And and he was like, "You know, you walked in, and then Alistair shows up in town because he's trying to see how everything's going, and uh, then you actually agreed to be a warden, and you did the you did the thing." Right, they give me a proposition to see uh, if that's something that I would want to do and that sort of thing. And um, So uh, I, I did it, and Joe and I, we, we, we rolled, and uh, Joe told me that there's, you know, there's a chance if you fail, I mean, that's that's it. Rue's gone. There's, he's, he's not going to be anymore. And I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's do it. And so I rolled, and I made my, my savings throws, um, and I became a, a great warden. Yeah, runs, runs in the family. So that it, I liked that. I liked how it ended. I thought that uh, uh, the the fight leading up to the last guy, you know, and even that last guy, it wasn't one of those you killed him type thing. It was, you know, uh, I'm fighting something bigger than what you or I can comprehend. Um, what I thought was good, you know, he had the same idea, but his cause was good, right. and 
And so he, when he downed me, he didn't finish me. You know, he's just like, hey, I'll probably see you again. And he just walked off. And I was like, gosh, dang it. And then, then, and then which leads up to the whole, hey, do you want to be a great warden type thing? And I thought that was a, I thought it was a really good ending. It was like a, it felt like an ending of like season one or movie one or book one, you know, to lead into book two or, or something like that. I thought it was a pretty good ending. I thought it was, I thought it ended fairly strong. Well, there was a good line at the end of the campaign where you said something about uh, Heron wanted his trick weapon back, where he's like, I gave that to you, but I want it back, you know? And you said, like, what? You gave it to me. It, it's like a sibling fight, and he goes, well, I know you're ticklish. Like, it was like a thing, like, like it was just something I think that siblings would say to each other, like, they would just rib each other, like, well, you know, like. I think that's also what I told him, because I'm, you know, a rogue. I was like, it doesn't matter, I'm just going to steal it back. And then he's like. <laughs> Yeah. and then that was like where we ended you're like oh that was really good and i was like oh that's yeah, cool like, like yeah so again it was like it was uh you know i hadn't done it in years to run something and it was rough around some spots uh but obviously now with the D thing i have time to correct it so um and i think with jesse co-dming other sessions that'll give me a few weeks off to plan <clears throat> yeah yeah it gives you a breather the pressure's off you can see like I don't know, I feel like I have a different style, maybe? I'm not sure. I've only done it twice now. So it's well, I mean, like you I don't, I mean, you don't even, I mean, I'm not trying to offend you, but you don't really have a style now. I mean, you're just trying to do it. Like, it's different. you got to yeah, do it for a while until you it, get yeah. a style. Like, I well, I think my problem is I don't prioritize combat enough. Like, I really like the world that I build and everything, and I want you guys to have good beats. But I also don't want it to be, like, the big thing I took away from Dragon Age for me was... You know, sitting down at 17th level and just having exposition for, like, 45 minutes probably means that I did a terrible job signposting certain things, you know, um, or having you guys, because Martin did pick up a lot of clues, his character did early on, but having you guys meet earlier and then him just being like, hey, guys, you know, but that's what sucks about a rogue, because sometimes they think maybe that information's worth money and they don't want to share it, you know? So it's the idea of, like, what does he tell and then what does he hold back and then you know what are you guys going to talk to each other you know of course Galron I don't think was a dumb fighter he had a reason but like at the end of the day you know his thing is if you, even if you like you said earlier Jesse if you tell him all these beats of everything that's going on with the Chantry he doesn't care his thing is they ripped him off you know so it's like he doesn't it's like yeah okay you know and that's why I tried to involve your elder god into the last confrontation you know because it's like no now you have some skin in the game of like this is important to you you know um but it again it should have done more damage and then maybe i could have done something at the end where you feel kind of like a star wars thing where you know that it's still kind of good but it's just kind of doing this because it's scared like an animal you know and it's like should i kill it shouldn't i kill it like there should have been more of that you know like instead of you just killing it (laughs) because you said like well i don't want to help and then you ended up helping you know so um, well, yeah, so I, I wasn't going to help, but then, so I mean, what happened there, the chain of events, is I, I had Lucius come over, use his uh, telekinetics to lift up my elders and free the elders. Oh, that's I talked right. to them, and, and I got them out. Those ones that lived, I got right. out of right. that place, and I had guarded and all that stuff. They were like, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and destroy it. It's gone. Oh, yeah, no, th- you know what? I just totally, uh, I for some reason, I totally remembered your epilogue. So I felt bad for killing your elder, and I gave you two dragon eggs. And you went to the top oh, of yeah. that mountain 
You went to the top of a mountain where they basically had to be birthed. And you went with that Anders. There was like that shaman that you met for your specialization um, to become a berserker. You met him up there and he said, okay, we got to do this, but it's a ceremony and we could both die because we're literally going to sit in a volcano for like a week and let these things hatch or whatever. And then you had to sit up there and wait for these dragons to hatch. And then he cast a spell, like an illusion, to make it look like it was a closed rock face so nobody would come up there looking around. And the dragons, like, came out and stuff like that, you know? And then you figured, like, okay, they'll be fine. And then that's when you took off and went back down below. And you gave me your fucking notes on the, here's how the grain separated. And <laughs> and I was like, we already did it. We did enough, Jesse. We're good. I get it. The grain, right. And the people and the chip. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was, uh, that's what I remember your epilogue. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but I just remembered yep. it. But I felt bad that I killed your yeah. elder, uh, God. So uh, I wanted no. to give you back, uh, because that the bloodline still has to continue, so. Um. Yeah, it gave us purpose. Uh, and it, that's what, that's, that, that was the purpose behind creating that nation as well, as partly to have support for those dragons. Right, the, but, you know, have the bloodline, way. yeah, the bloodline do. Like, like, oh. Continue on, basically. Yeah. And also, you know, we the darkspawn aren't gone. We're gonna struggle with them again. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll we'll make we'll make a nation that produces these warriors that can uh, fight them off. So that could be. Yeah, I mean that that was gonna be the legacy Jane. thing. Is like I said, if you guys play again, Galron, Lucius, and uh, and Jane and uh, Heron will be around, and there'll be different points when you will play them. But I I would make everybody roll new characters. And then you would meet them, you know, and it would be yeah. like, it would be like, you know, um, it'd be like Todd would be playing Lucius and then one of our characters would come up and talk to him or you'd be playing Galron and like my character would come up and start talking to him about like, yeah, I've heard of you and all this stuff, you know, like, yeah, um, I can play, yeah, I can play, I'd be the NPC for that time. And yeah, cause I mean, you know, Galron better than I do, but I know the NPC better than Galron does. So you'd be like. Oh yeah, you want to come train whatever, and my guy'd be like, "Well, yeah, maybe or whatever," you know. So that would be the idea of like, and I mean, maybe they would fight a little bit, but they're at the point where maybe it's not about fighting. Like you said, maybe you play one of your followers to get his legacy up, you know. So. Yeah, and, and you know the the old men aren't going out on missions anymore. It's the uh, it's the young bucks, and uh, I think Martin he should play like a bad guy. Like, uh, like you know, like uh, one of those lieutenants, and he have like a side session where he is playing his evil campaign. Against, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would work if we all agreed to the terms. Again, the session zero helps where, hey, here's a story I'm trying to tell. Everybody's on board. You don't want the one person to go, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to steal from everybody. Then you're like, oh, that doesn't really work, you know, with the flow of the campaign but you also don't want to tell people no and i think that was another thing i heard uh online the dungeon dudes and other things i read about when you come to campaign everybody has one idea for a character usually like i want to play this fighter and if the dm's like hey man this is more of a thinky campaign like there's political intrigue would your fighter be interested it's like no probably not so they said you should probably come to the table with two or three ideas for characters that way if the dm sets up here's the world that I'm running, here's what it is, you could be like, okay, what if I did this? And they go, uh, and then you go, okay, what if I did the second one? They're like, that's really good. So you don't like, you know, because that was another thing, the D&D thing's working out, but like, 
all of a sudden you guys are like, hey, we're brothers and we're doing this. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, OK, well, that's happening, you know, instead of like, oh, OK, like I really need to incorporate you guys being brothers in the campaign. And here's the whatever the thrust of the thing. And, you know, well, you guys are role playing it fine. It's just like I said, without that session zero and you guys just handing in your characters, you kind of have to think on your feet like a lot more quickly and like you know and then especially with like Wes setting up the campaign of like oh we're on the road killing these other clansmen or whatever and you're like I mean I don't see that as a big overarching thing but okay you know like how do I incorporate that into the campaign like it's stuff like that you have to think of you know when you um yeah, I mean it doesn't have to derail things no, and, and that's and that's the thing. I don't want you to feel that you're derailing it, you know? But again, that's... I mean, the session zero thing is really important to everybody sit down and say, this is what... Uh, we're doing and we're trying to accomplish, yeah. Yeah, and that's why yeah. we should have done it earlier, but at least we sat down and did it. And then everybody's like, oh, I'm having a good time and here's what we need to do. And, you know, it's good. But it, it's good if it happens before. Like, I'm thinking of running a side thing like uh, Carla wants to actually do something and I think Martin will do it. But it's literally just one or two sessions because it's a whole brand new game. So it's like getting the rules. It's based in D&D, but it's a whole new rule set kind of. So it would only be like a session or two to say, oh, here's the rule set and, you know, here's what I want to do, you know. So it isn't more like a long lasting thing. It's like, here's me just trying out these rules, try to make something fun and then seeing if other people had fun and how these rules work together with my world, basically. So, but if you set that out in session zero, then everybody knows, and you and then people can't get really into their character and go, "What? We're only playing two sessions." You're like, "Yeah, we went over that, man. Like we already said right. that. Like don't be depressed when it's only two sessions." So right, right, or have some sort of character development, and you're like, eh, "It's only two sessions." You're yeah, like, oh, I mean, I had ideas. You're like, well, I, don't I will say that. uh you know, my wife played, there was a game we played, uh, Legend of the Five Rings. We were just trying it out. I got, like, the beginner set. And uh, I just did, like, a quick thing that I thought up really quickly. And it was, like, two hours, maybe, two and a half hours. And she was trying out a class. I was like, hey, I just want to try combat. I want to try this. It's a whole new system. And then at the end, uh, we were making lunch after we were done. And she was like, hey, so what was that deal with that person I met in the town? And I was like, ha, 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 ha. I was like, so you got interested in the idea? She's like, yeah. And I was like, so that that is a cool thing of like, you know, getting that idea across of like, even if it's two sessions, you're like, that was pretty cool. Like, even go to the DM saying, hey, those two sessions were fun. Is there anything else we could do, you know, with this character? Because I really like this character or whatever. And then the DM could be like, yeah, give me a couple weeks and I'll come up with something and we could sit down and do it, you know? So, right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, yeah, that was good. And we should definitely do again. I like yeah. the idea of having legacy characters, but obviously it'll probably be after the D and D thing because uh, I'll be tired. Because uh, I think I only took like a month or two off between uh, that thing and this thing, and I don't know how long the D and D things. I mean, I, I have story beats planned, but I don't know how long it's going to take us. So hopefully, it isn't another like year and a half of. Um, I mean, if we think if a year if we're doing every other week is, is uh, twenty six sessions. Yeah. Right? And it's really not all that much. So it's because we're doing it every other week because it takes a year. Well, that too, and like our sessions, I think, are longer than most sessions I'm used to. 
Most sessions are only like three or four hours, but we get on at like noon and get off at like seven or six. six, or, six or seven, so yeah. they're usually like, you know, one and a half times longer than what I'm used to. So you're getting more done in those times, you know. So even yeah. though it's two weeks, so. And then it allows people to have a life, you know, when you got. Like, right. Well, for, me, for me, what I, what I liked about it is, yeah, it was split up. And, and sometimes it was, sometimes we went longer than, than two weeks. Um, but uh, to tell a story, to, to game together, you know, to meet new people you know that sort of thing uh but to me that was the i enjoyed that more than i enjoyed the campaign you know uh, away from work away from the monotony away from the normal movies you watch etc etc and remember every every session was like the first 30 minutes to hour we were just bsing about Mm. you know hey how's everything going and it was just we were just talking about hunting and guns and foraging and uh last the two weeks ago was campaign and stuff like that, so I really enjoyed the camaraderie overall more so than the campaign. And I think for me, that's what it was. It was an escape from reality to campaign, and it was just an, ex- an escape from normal life to just get together with like-minded folks, or even some of the things we didn't even share, like politically together. But it was still a fantastic time that we enjoyed. It had a drink, some pizza, you know, before getting down to the campaign i really enjoyed that part of it as well and i think that's why people also should get interested in gaming is for one to get out of your your bubble and then for two the, the, the camaraderie is uh i think it's in short supply nowadays so i i really enjoyed the camaraderie you know even this right i mean we can't be together you know but we're we're doing this over a computer it's still it's we're still here you know together yeah. you know laughing and enjoying and poking fun you know yeah, I think uh, I think that's it was that too, and I think now we've incorporated uh, the the catch up time into the campaign. Like we try to meet about eleven forty five before we do at noon, you know, because everybody kind of catches up. Um, a guy in our group is actually really good about that. He he was like asking us how our week was going and everything, which was nice, you know, of like just the check in of like how are you guys doing. It's like oh, I'm pretty good, you know. So that that's always really fun. But yeah, I do enjoy that, and I I like the idea of just trying something different, you know. Like, Martin always accuses me of being a white knight, which I guess I am. Uh, my characters are always, like... Like, I don't know if I... I played an evil character once, and that says a lot when I can remember the one evil character I played one time. <laughs> um, but uh, I like the idea of... Uh, yeah, like you said, the camaraderie of, like... Um, that's why I find it funny when people still make fun of D&D or, like, don't understand it. Or at least role-playing games in general. And it's like, well, man... Like, especially when I hear people, like, deep dive into sports... I'm like, do you understand you're having the same conversation about, you know, the running backs of this team that I am with, like, my cleric or something? You know what I mean? Like, it's, you still have passion for something and you're still talking about it, you know, in a way that's, like, really a deep dive into stats, you know? And it kind of bugs me when people are like, oh, that's just a dumb game or they don't get it or whatever, you know? So, but I understand, like, I think, too, is, like, you know, we BS because we all know each other and I think this D&D thing was a good learning experience because... You know, we have a new player, which isn't bad. He just has a new style. Like, he really likes to roleplay. You know, he really likes to get in the head of his character. I like to roleplay as well, but since I'm the DM, mostly it's a little bit harder. And then I don't, you know, it seems like everybody else kind of jokes around a little bit. And I, I don't know if he's annoyed. He seems to be having a good time. But I, I have noticed moments where he's like, hey, like, I'm trying to roleplay this, you know. And um, that's part of the fun for people. You know, they want to get in the headspace of their character and live that life which is cool you know i get that so yeah. it's a big learning experience to be like oh you know like um yeah 
yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, the the things that he was complaining about was like he was he was role playing, and then someone else was talking about I don't know the the, the like a penis drawing or something randomly. <laughs> so it was just like, uh, hey, dude, I'm like playing this game, but but yeah, it's all kind of a. a well, I mean, that's totally fine. I mean, that's his. You know, that's his thing. That's what he wants to do. And it totally makes yeah. sense. It totally makes sense that you want to sit down. You know, you want to be Galron during the session. Martin wants to be Rue. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be distracted by anything else. You know, like Martin said, it's a camaraderie. It's the idea of getting away. People don't want to talk about their day at work while they're trying to role play an orc or whatever, you know. Like, they just, like, want to leave all that away so they can just focus on the game, you know. So, yeah, it's all cool. So, well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. And uh, too bad the mage can join us. Uh, maybe I'll get him a one-on-one thing uh, maybe in a couple Later. weeks. Yeah, because I still have all the notes, and we can go over that. Uh, apparently, he deleted uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, which is unfortunate. I didn't know that. Um, I know that now. Um, but I told him this afternoon, like, you know, we were going to be on. But he said he usually has to work till like, I don't know, 9 o'clock later usually. So, um, I don't know. Have a good night, guys. And I guess I'll probably talk to you in a couple weeks. Alright, you guys. Bye. You guys see this always, always fine. Bye, you guys. Bye. So again, that was uh, the recap of Dragon Age, uh, levels 11 through 20, uh, recorded a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll just do the outro. Again, this podcast uh, will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave me a comment. Let me know what you think of the episode, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, Or go to iTunes, uh, subscribe to the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a black background. Give me some stars, give me some reviews, all that kind of stuff. Leave a comment, let me know what you think. Or you can reach me directly at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, go there, uh, let me know what you think of the show, I will read it on air, if not, if you don't want me to let me know that and I won't or remember, and again I'm trying to remember this as well I'm on Twitter, go to Twitter, at JustLittleJoe and leave a comment there, Uh, I will try to get better about promoting the show there, so I'll probably drop a show link uh, Monday morning anyway, you guys have a good week and I will talk to you guys next week, bye